ladies and gentlemen, grunts and girls, welcome to Bullets to Beans. As always, I'm your host, Doc J. We are in the last week of March, getting ready to kick April wide open. Our conversation this week is going to continue to be around the COVID-19 pandemic crisis, seeing as though that is the center of our universe right now. So let's go ahead and get started with this week's show. So to get us started this week, I thought I would just try to level set exactly how bad the COVID-19 situation is in the world, specifically in America. We'll take a moment and look at some statistics, different geographic areas. Uh, We'll look at impact to the world, narrow it down to the United States, and then look at uh, the Pacific Northwest and Alaska. One of the things as I talk about this that I see a lot of people doing lately, there's a meme floating around a lot of social media, and it's this meme of previous global pandemics from the plague you know, to bird flu, Ebola, and everything that's plagued the world from the beginning of documented time. And what it shows is, you know, the plague is, there's these images of these virus and the larger the, the virus image, the biggest impact or the bigger the impact that it had on the world. And it kind of walks down. And what people were trying to do with that was level set that this isn't that big of a deal. But the difference is the Spanish flu of 1918 is over. The plague from thousand years ago is over. The Ebola scare from a few years ago is over. This is not over. It's still developing. It's still on its upward spike. And we're not even on the downward side of the trend yet. So that meme, although people are trying to use that as, hey, this isn't that big of a deal. We're doing all this for nothing. The reality is that's such a false comparison and a poor comparison uh, because it sends the wrong message. It, it, it gets people to, to dilute the significance of the situation. And I'm not trying to be part of the fear-mongering folks that are trying to create a sense of panic. Panic is the worst thing that could be happening right now and is absolutely what is happening in our country. And as I've said, this is the third show that we've talked about the pandemic on. As I've said all along, and I'll continue... It deserves a certain level of credence and respect. It deserves a certain level of proactive avoidance and measures to counter it. But let's not make it bigger than what it is. But in that same regard, let's not discount it and make it smaller than what it is either. Across the world right now, at the time of the show's recording, there are roughly 720,000 cases of COVID-19 across the world and there have been over 33,000 confirmed deaths, and it's impacting over 200 countries. Compare this to just four days ago, when I responded to somebody's posting of that meme on Facebook, there were only 575,000 cases and 26,000 deaths. In four days, the death rate has jumped by 4,000, I take that back, 5,000 people, right? And from 575,000 deaths to 720,000 deaths. And keep in mind, this all includes China's bullshit data and a sampling rate that is skewed because you have some people that are actually sick that aren't going to the hospital. You have certain people that may get sick and die in third world countries where health surveillance and monitoring isn't that great. For the United States, as of this morning, there were over 140,000 cases and 2,400 deaths. All 50 states and all of our territories are reporting active cases right now. The hardest hit areas right now are being concentrated around New York, Los Angeles, and Seattle. And then as we narrow the funnel down into my neck of the woods, currently in the Pacific Northwest, we're sitting on over 6,300 cases and over 225 deaths and more closer to home to about 80% of the listening population of this show in Alaska, 
We're sitting on 119 cases and only three deaths. That's the truth. That's the number of cases as reported, vetted and verified through different state health departments, the CDC and the World Health Organization. So that's kind of the, the status of the situation and where we're at right now. In this next segment, we're going to take for a break for just a second. In this next segment, we're going to come talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. What is actually happening in the, in the world and in the United States because of this? Stay tuned. So in this next segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I want to talk about what we're seeing across the United States in relation to impact and what's happening because of the coronavirus, COVID-19. But I don't necessarily want to go in that order because I'd like to finish on a high note. So we'll finish with the good. We'll start with the bad. First and foremost, the bad. And I, I kind of hate this term, but I can't help but use it uh, just because it's become a term of common use in present time, but I'd be remiss if I didn't discuss some fake news. So I've never, I've never in my life of 47 years seen a culture that is so hell bent on rooting for failure. In our nation, the major news outlets are either rooting for our president to fail or exacerbating claims making, you know, you're either hyper supportive or you're hyper critical. You can't be truthful. And, and that's a sad state of affairs today. But what I want to call out specifically, I'm going to share a clip or a report that Rachel Maddow from MSNBC aired on, I believe it was March 20th, when President Trump announced that he was going to send the Navy hospital ships Comfort and Mercy to help out with the burden of the COVID-19 impact and to help offset and augment the healthcare services in the major hit metropolitan areas. So hang on, I'm going to play this clip for you right now, and then I'll be back. In terms of uh, the happy talk we've had on this front from the federal government, there is no sign that the Navy hospital ships that the president made such a big deal of, the comfort and the mercy, um, there's no sign that they'll be anywhere on site helping out anywhere in the country for weeks yet. The president said when he announced that those ships would be put into action against the COVID-19 epidemic, he said one of those ships would be operational in New York Harbor by next week. That's nonsense. It will not be there next week. So how brazen do you have to be as a news reporter today when you have the public ear to go on to a national and international forum and out and out root for the failure of the president of your country and to make such bold and blanket statements that, that are just completely false, you know, and good for you because in your face, he proved you wrong and he continued to prove that he's a man of action and a man of word. And although I don't 100% support all of his actions and all of his words, he's doing pretty knockout job and doing what he can. So you've got media all over promoting fear, promoting panic, out and out lying and discrediting this administration and quite honestly, that's just uh, the most gut-wrenching and disturbing thing that I'm seeing right now is just how it's like they're, they're rooting for death. They're rooting for failure. They, they want the president's reaction and response plans to fail. Well, if they fail, keep in mind that that means more Americans die because that's where we're at. If what the president is doing results in a failure people will die. And on the flip side of that is if what the president does has such a dramatic impact that the models 
the forecasting tools and everything that are saying X number of people are going to get this and X number of people die. If those figures come in hyperinflated, if the actual impact numbers of disease incident rates and death rates are significantly lower then it actually proves that the aggressive action that this administration, the various state governors, the metropolitan and municipal leaders are taking to lock the community down to try to protect it are actually working. And the fact that our media outlets are are rooting for failure, it, it's, it's just it's disheartening. That's the bad, right? The ugly. Let's talk about the ugly. News reports out of New York, Los Angeles, and some other major metropolitan areas. Local leaders are announcing that they are early releasing prisoners to keep the prison population from being overtly impacted and infected with coronavirus. I have two thoughts on that. One is if it were to happen and COVID-19 ran rampant through the prison system, not to piss some people off, but that's kind of Darwin's law working through, right? Secondly, to early release criminals. In, in the reports that I read, and I read two or three reports in preparing for the show today, in the reports that I read, nowhere was there a disclosure of they're being early released from jail and following a normal punitive process in going from prison to a halfway house or into a remote monitoring capacity. All they're saying is they're releasing them. So here's the thing. They were safer in prison. And as a community, we were safer with them in prison. In prison, they got three square meals a day. They had recreation. They had access to certain services, be it healthcare, be it legal, be it whatever. And now if they don't get released into a regimented and defined society and essentially just get released, that's not good for them. And that's not good for the society and the communities with which they're released into. This is such a short-sighted fucking decision that is being made out of fear that I, I, I can't get behind that one. And I'm sorry, but either people, the, the good citizens of those communities are going to suffer either physically, uh, unfortunately, or through loss of property, community impact. And it's just sad to see that that's one of the decisions that's being made. Of note, one of the people being released in New York City evidently was imprisoned for homicide or murder of an FDNY EMT, paramedic, first responder type person. So you've got a murderer who's being released because they're afraid he may get COVID-19 while in prison, but this person has proven that he has no value or has a lesser value of human life, has taken the life of a first responder, and now he's back on the streets. And they're not providing information as far as how they're supporting these prisoners once they're out back in the community. Again, this is, uh, I'm not behind this one at all. This is a very short-sighted decision. Uh, and unfortunately, it puts the impact in the, the ultimate burden of this decision on the good citizens of the communities where these people are going. So, and we're seeing by and large a lot of ill-fated decisions. I talked, uh, I think I talked in the show last week about Seattle. You know, there's only four or five misdemeanor classes that they will allow them to arrest and book on right now. Again, out of fear that COVID-19 and coronavirus would get into the jail system or the prison system and then run rampant through the criminal population. So it's like DUI, violation of a restraining or protection order, aggravated uh, fourth degree assault. There's four or five misdemeanor charges that they will allow the Seattle Metropolitan Police Department to arrest and book for. And what that means is crime is running rampant. The criminals know it. It's, it's unregulated. It's un, uncontrolled because the police now have their hands tied. They're not even allowed to arrest criminals for things that they deserve to be in jail for while they await 
their due process guaranteed under the constitution. And now they're just running around. So, uh, and again, to not promote fear and not try to incite panic, but just be careful folks, pay attention. And then to finish on a good note, you know, let's finish on the good. And as always, I try to hunt the good stuff. Those that know me or that work with me or for me, taking something out of the, the military's provider resiliency program, where I try to hunt the good stuff. Let's try to find the good in the world and focus on that because the bad will naturally find its way into our life. So what's some good that is happening? Well, specifically in the state of Alaska, you've got industry popping up to help make the state self-sufficient in certain capacities, specifically in regard to healthcare delivery. You've got distilleries that are changing the way they're distilling. And instead of distilling some fine gins and vodkas, they're distilling isopropyl alcohol. And we're going to have hand sanitizer manufactured in Alaska. And the rate of production of this, when it comes online here in the next few days, not only will it sustain the needs of Alaska, but Alaska can contribute to the inventories in the lower 48 and other areas. We can export some of this. Face masks and other PPE face shields. Local manufacturers are modifying their floors and modifying their manufacturing outputs to help make PPE products. Again, not just to sustain Alaska, but that we can then export to help the rest of the country. The COVID testing supplies and testing swabs. I think I talked about that last week as well. A local manufacturer is modifying their production outputs to be able to manufacture and make COVID testing supplies. This will help the people of Alaska and be able to increase the sample rate to make sure that we actually know the the reach, scope, and impact of this disease. Community-wide support and social media and in virtual. The other night, just last night, actually, my wife and I participated in a live happy hour on Zoom with Odd Man Rush Brewing. So hats off to the folks at Odd Man Rush. Uh, we appreciate you keeping your tasting room open for growler fills only, not on-site consumption. You know, situations like that that are popping up all over virtual community, virtual bonding, and, and virtual hangouts is becoming a very large part of our world right now. So that's good to see. Modification of manufacturing outputs, the community bonding and coming together, and all in all, just the neighborly feeling of our communities right now, I think is getting stronger. And that's very good to see. And that's something that we should be celebrating. So we'll leave that on a good note. I'm going to pause for just a second. And when we come back, we'll close the show out with a final segment on what can we do to do our part to help out. So stay tuned, folks. We're not done. We'll be back in just a moment. I'd like to close the show out today with some quick topics or points on what we can do to do our part to help out through the COVID-19. First of all, support your community. Be a good neighbor, right? Uh, If there's still takeout delivery options to support the local economy, work that into your meal planning, work that into your social endeavors, whatever you're doing to stay occupied right now. Keeping money into the local community will help keep people employed. It'll help the recovery efforts on the backside of this. uh, And by and large, it'll help us just as a community come through this better. Next, stay healthy. Monitor social distancing. Uh, but get out. Starting to be springtime. Uh, technically, I guess it is springtime. Staying healthy is one of the ways to help reduce your risk. So go for walks, go for hikes. Just stay away from other people when you do it. And finally, just stay the fuck home, right? If you need to go out to get groceries, if you need to go out to get stuff for the house, if you need to go out to get 5,000 rolls of toilet paper, by all means do that. Take care of yourself, take care of your family, uh, but don't linger. Don't stay out any longer than you need to be. Stay away from other folks practice good social distancing, 
Next week, we're going to hopefully have a different show. I keep lying to everybody. I keep talking about actually having guests on the show. The plan was this week for Eric and I to talk about veteran support organizations and veteran service organizations, but then we got hit with a local mandate that we were trying to understand the impact of before we got together to hang out to do a show together. So we'll see what next week's show consists of. Uh, Hopefully it's not going to be just around COVID-19. I did think it was important that we have a discussion about that. As we close out the show this week, look out for your brother and sister to your left and right. Take care of your community. Be responsible. Stay safe. Stay healthy. If you like the show, please go on to whatever outlet that you are listening on or downloading on. Give us a review. Don't be afraid to share the show with other folks. Go on to our website uh, on Facebook or on our Buzzsprout website. Share it with other folks. You can shoot us an email at bullets to beans at gmail.com. Give us some ideas for some content. Again, we want the show to be for our community. So I want to do it about things that you would like to hear about and not just the shit that I come up with. So that's our show for this week, folks. We appreciate you tuning in. This is Doc J. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Bullets to Beans.